Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Charles Sabansi from the Dreamers Pro Show, and we want to welcome you guys to the Dreamers Pro Podcast, where we cover everything from sports, hot topics, classic debates, entertainment, and where we give you guys a fresh perspective on things and how we see them. Now, let's get started with the first topic of today's show. I don't even know what's going on anymore. It is total mayhem out there in the universe ever since Shannon Sharp published his interview, his historical interview or conversation, however you want to characterize it, with Cat Williams. As I said on yesterday's show, I'm going to reiterate it here. I remember when that interview first dropped five, six days ago, and I was following its progression in terms of views. Within the first, I think, 20 hours, I think it had something like 8 million views. And I was like, have I seen something like this before? In 24 hours, it was at 13 million views. Then I looked up, it was at 20 million views. And then I started hearing that the second most viewed interview in YouTube history, 32 million views. And then I wake up today and going on six days, Shannon Sharp's first interview, the full one with Kevin Hart, I mean, excuse me, Cat Williams, I don't know, yesterday I kept on saying Kevin Hart, Kevin, I don't know why. With Cat Williams, I mean, because their name starts with K, with, K, with Cat Williams. <clears throat> Just the interview by itself, the full interview has 37 million views. This morning, I did a rough estimation of all of the, the, the what is it, the cumulative views on the full interview plus the, the various clips. I think that that interview has gotten close to 70 million views just on YouTube. We're not even going to talk about podcast streams. The last report that I saw from Shannon Sharp's Club Seche Instagram account said that he has the number three podcast in the United States, which is crazy to me. Like, just to show you, and I think I heard him yesterday say that his channel has picked up well over half a million. So it's, 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 it's mind-blowing. Right now, he holds the number two spot in the history of YouTube, which is the number two search engine in the universe. And with those type of views, with these type of numbers, it brings a lot of opinions. And one of these, one of the people that had an opinion on uh, the interview that Shannon Sharp did was marked uh, was Steven Jackson. As you guys know, Steven Jackson, former NBA player, opinionated, tough guy. Uh, you know, he has his own show. What is it? All the smoke with Matt Barnes. And these guys got into the business. Uh, pretty early and they were trailblazers if we're being honest right they were trailblazers they had a lot of big interviews with people like Kobe Bryant uh Little Wayne and so many other so many other guests so Shaq and others so they've been in the business for quite some time so what happened yesterday I was just kind of going through um just going through the internet and I came across a clip that was recommended to me from the channel the association if I'm not mistaken and this clip was essentially of Steven Jackson expressing his displeasure with how Shannon Sharp kind of let Cat Williams take over the entire interview and he wasn't pushing back on him and he was upset at the fact that he just let him go at so many people that possibly Shannon Sharp knew. So for those of you who maybe didn't hear those comments, want to quickly play what Steven Jackson had to say uh, about Shannon Sharp's interview with Cat Williams, and I'm going to come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to what Stephen Jackson had to say quickly here. We all already spoke on Cat. Cat a real one. He spoke his mind. Everybody should speak their mind. That's just what it is. I wouldn't let him. I wouldn't let him go hard as he did on a lot of people on our show. I just wouldn't because we got relationships with him. That's just what it is. That's just what it is. You don't have a show. 
So you wouldn't know what you would do. We've done millions, we've done hundreds of shows. So we know how to handle that type of shit. Whole world talking about the cat interview. The whole world. Everybody giving their opinions. But I can't speak on it because I'm so live. It ain't got nothing to do with you. Well, go on everybody else paid to tell them that too then. So you heard what Steven Jackson had to say. Those were his views. Yesterday, we produced the show on just that particular soundbite. And at about 150,000, 160,000 views, 95% of those people disagree with, 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 Steve, with Steven Jackson. And I think that's to be expected. Uh, based on what I read, most people thought that it was either jealousy, it was hating. Uh, 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 hating on the success that Shannon Sharp has because right now, I think at least for the first three months and in the independent space, Shannon Sharp is going to dominate the first three months of the 2024 calendar. I mean, it, 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 it just is what it is, right? And no one should be surprised by this. So what happened? I woke up this morning, kind of go through the internet. I jumped on YouTube uh, and a clip was recommended to me from the channel Hoops and Music. And in this clip, it features some comments from Shannon Sharp responding to some of the criticism and words of Steven Jackson, presumably, where he pushed back on him. And Shannon Sharp essentially says that, listen, the only reason that you guys are saying this is because 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 of what it's doing, because if this interview wasn't doing anything, nobody would be talking. And I understand that you started the business before me, but that don't mean you're going to be better forever. So for those of you who didn't hear what Shannon Sharp, Sharp had to say in response, I want to quickly play what he had to say here and I want to come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to what Shannon Sharp had to say here. Oh, those are your boys and you let them talk about your boys. That's not what y'all mad about. That's not what you're mad about. Oh, yeah. you're not even a journalist. He could have got so much meat off the bone. You're not mad about that. Right. You're mad that 27 million people to the right now, mm. my part, my subscribers on Club Shay Shay jumped up 500,000. Mm. That's what you mad about. You mad about now all of a sudden my IG. I'm over 3 million on that. That's what you mad about. The potential. Man, y'all know what's going to happen now? Man, mm. somebody might come throw a boatload. Oh, oh, my. That's what you mad about. Yeah. But when you was... When you was biting the apple, I never said anything negative about y'all. I gave you, I gave you y'all credit. I never criticized anybody because I look the way I look at it, Ocho. Everything I saw my brother do, I said I can do it. Right. You know why? Because he lived in the same house I lived in. He mm -hmm. got rained on just like I did. He right. had to go outside to the woods to go to the bathroom just like I did. So hell, if he went to college, why can't I? If he yeah. go to the NFL, why can't I? So if I see you guys do something, you do it. You're damn right I believe I can do it. Yeah. But you think, you don't, hey, look at this. I got this out the mud. I came from the trenches. Right. And you got more hate in your heart with all that you got, that you've yeah. been blessed with so much, and all you do is hate on a man that you think better. How about get better? Create better content. Mm. I'm going to tell you this, and I'm going to leave it alone, Ocho. Yes, sir. And this way, everybody that's hey, out listen, there. You preach, you preach it right now. Nick. Just because you're first to do something, that don't mean you're the best at it. That he got so much, he always has something to say. Right. Now, this is the same guy. You know what? I ain't gonna even... No. Look here. I like that. Sometimes people, sometimes success, the only success they get to taste is taking a bite out of you. Mm. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. I'm doing what I'm doing. So you heard what Shannon Sharp had to say. Here are my thoughts. Uh, huh. 
ladies and gentlemen, I think that there's a lot of truth to what Shannon is saying. Here's the facts. When you're not doing well, if you're producing content that no one is watching, no one is going to have an issue with you because no one is watching. You have no threat. You have no consequence. In the case of a Shannon Sharp, he is uber successful in the content space. He's the best in the business right now. It's him, him, Pat McAfee, Stephen A. Smith, and then I think everybody else, unless I'm missing some other people out there, um, at least people that, I, that, that I'm aware of. <clears throat> so when you're one of the top dogs in the business, the top five uh, personalities out there, is going to create, um, I don't want to say jealousy, but it's going to cause some of your competitors, and that's what they are really. Yeah, you'll say there's a lot of money out there, but <laughs> you're also competing as well. Like, like, like let's be for real. You want to be the best at what you do. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna create some opinions. In the case of Shannon Sharp, he pushed back and said on numerous occasions he's not an interviewer. Uh, he's a conversationalist. Uh, he likes to have conversations, and that's the way he suited it up. If you watch the interview with Cat Williams in its entirety, and I did. You can see a few things. Number one, he was trying to have a conversation with him. And I think the reason he took that approach was a smart one because it allowed Kat to open up and understand, listen, this is not a formal thing. We're just here to talk and have a good time. Speak your piece. And I believe by him doing that and setting that type of environment up, Cat Williams felt more comfortable. Uh, and it was, and, and I felt, and I think felt at ease to express his views a lot easier. Now there were certain parts where Cat Williams went off on a tangent, and he was, he was, I mean, he was just flying off, and he was going to Steve Harvey, uh, uh, Kevin Hart, this person, that person, this person, that person, and in a moment like that, you know what? I gotta, I gotta commend Shannon for one thing. I gotta commend him for not interrupting him. I have noticed in a lot of interviews from people that have very big channels, they'll be interviewing someone, they will ask a certain person about. X thing, which would be very interesting. And then the person will start to answer. And then all of a sudden, the person will start to expand. And the interviewer won't, won't pick up on that by letting that person talk or diving deeper into what that person is saying. And they will simply just move on to the string of questions that they already had prepared. And I think that's a mistake. In the case of Shannon, he didn't do that. And by him allowing uh, Cat Williams to talk, he spoke. And when he spoke, he made serious waves. Cat Williams broke the internet. He broke the internet. Because if you're saying he didn't, you got to bring me somebody else that just, I mean, that just did what uh, he was able to pull off. It's, it's, it's unprecedented, quite literally. <clears throat> There's only been one other example in media where a person got more views, and that was Joe Rogan. And I think his interview sits at 57, 58 million views, but that interview was conducted well over a year ago. Shannon Sharp is less than a month into the, into the year. So to me, listen, um, uh, a lot of people disagree with Steven Jackson. I think that Shannon Sharp is viewing this as an attack um, on him. And I think that he views this, he views it as, as if it's coming from a place of jealousy. And a lot of people have interpreted it that way. Is Steven Jackson jealous of Shannon Sharp? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know Steven Jackson. I, I, don't, I don't know that, right? But that's how a lot of people are interpreting it. And it's understandable. Right. It's understandable. When we were a very small channel, we were producing basketball videos. Nobody gave a F about us. Right. We talk about LeBron. We talk about this person. But the minute we started getting a little bit of views, then all of a sudden people started taking issue because, like, hey, wait a minute. People are hearing what he's saying. Um, and and the, the point that Stephen Jackson made about defending people, I don't think it's Shannon Sharp's business to defend people. However, I do understand what he's saying, because a, a standard interviewer in most cases would defend someone. They would.
right? Because they have to protect relationships and all of that. And essentially, that's what Cat Williams was talking about. And in this particular instance, I don't think that I don't think even I don't I don't even think if Shannon Sharp wanted to, he could. What we just witnessed was a moment. And in, and in moments like that, you can't interfere with it. Because if you interfere with it, you mess it up. Imagine if Shannon Sharp was pushing back. It would have turned it into an argument. And then once it turned into an argument, he would have, he would have, he would have become combative. And now you're going somewhere else. And I've seen on many occasions in the past, Shannon Sharp push back on people. So, you know, I don't buy the thing that, you know, um, he didn't push. I've seen him do it on numerous occasions. Numerous occasions. Now, he does it in his own way. He does it with humor. Or if, if, if you notice, if he wants to disagree with you, he doesn't just say, man, I think you're wrong. He'll say, oh! How you going to say something like that? Come on, man. That's his way. And it's great because it doesn't make it confrontation. He can disagree with you with humor. People don't. Re- this guy is not good by mistake. I think maybe in the beginning, he didn't kind of know what he had. Now he knows and he has honed it and he has sharpened it. And now you're seeing the results. So kudos to Shannon Sharp. Much success to him. Uh, you know, I think he is changing the standard. And if he does well, we all do well, in my personal view. As someone in sports media, I think if he does well, we all do well. And right now, he's a trailblazer. Shout out to him. I disagree with almost all of his LeBron James, Michael Jordan takes. I've always said that. I'm not coming off of that. But in terms of everything else, as I've been saying for quite literally three, four years now, I think he's arguably the best in the business. So shout out to him. Wish him more success. I hope his interview gets 100 million, 200 million views. Good for him. Uh, wish him all the success. And he's also a part Nigerian. So shout out to, shout out to Shannon Sharp. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. Uh, As you guys know, I'm not a fan of Draymond Green. I'm just not a fan of Draymond. I'm sorry I'm not. I'm sorry I am just not. Draymond Green is one of the most arrogant, dirty players I have seen in quite some time in the NBA. Draymond Green walks around with an attitude like as if he's LeBron James or Kobe Bryant. That's the type of attitude. He walks around like as if he's that caliber of player. Number one. Number two, Draymond is one of the most dirtiest players I have seen in a very, very long time. I dare you, I challenge you to pull up a compilation of, of of egregious plays on NBA players that are below the belt plays from another player at the level of a Draymond Green. As you guys know, Draymond was currently serving a suspension, an indefinite suspension, and now we found out ended up being only 12 games. Suspension for slapping Yusuf Nurkic in the face for no apparent reason, roundhousing him. And then at the end, he walks off and he says, well, normally I don't regret the things that I do because I stand on what I stand on. But in this particular case, I regret it. It's like, what are you talking about? It was so egregious because I think it was the second suspension in less than 30 days or something like that. I don't care. Uh, So then they ended the NBA ended up uh, removing him indefinitely. He gets suspended. And then all of a sudden he makes his glorious return back to the NBA basketball. Right. Makes his glorious return. And he comes back and he does an interview with the volume podcast where he's talking about what he went through and how difficult it was and all the people that reached out to him. And as I'm sitting here listening to Draymond Green, I'm thinking to myself, Draymond is talking like as if he's some like he's the one that people were doing things to. For the people that didn't even hear what he said, want to play what he had to say, because it was absolutely ridiculous. Take a listen to some of the things that Draymond Green had to say uh, in his return. Then we're to come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to this nonsense. I had a conversation with Adam Silver, commissioner of our league. 
And I just told him, Adam, it's too much for me. Like, it's too much. Like, this is too much. It's all becoming too much for me. And I'm going to retire. And Adam said, ah, you're making a very rash decision. And I won't let you do that. And I'm like, no, Adam, like, not really sure it's a rash decision. It's just all too much. And, you know, we had a long, great conversation, very helpful to me, very thankful uh, to play in a league with a commissioner like Adam, uh, who's more about helping you than hurting you or helping you than punishing you or, you know, he's more about the players. And so I'm very lucky to have or to be in a position to be under the guidance of an Adam Silver, of a Joe Dumars, of uh, someone who's been really close to me hand-in-hand throughout as I've been walking through this Bob Myers. And for the first five, seven days of this thing, I talked to him two, two times a day. And I've always said, like, Bob is a... Our relationship goes far past him being our general manager. And I said that when he was our general manager. And, like, going through things like this shows what it means to be a true friend. I only hope to be as good of a friend as he is to me. Remember when I first talked to Adam, Adam's like, Bob's called me so many times, like, Bob's called me a million times. I keep talking to Bob. And it's just like, this dude is like, he just cares so much. Like, Bob's working, ESPN, home with his family. What does he care? So thankful. Again, it's not oftentimes in life that you have people like that in your corner. Steve, Mike Dunleavy. Uh, the amount of people that's reached out to me during this, current players, past players, GMs, coaches, owners, was one of the things that really made me think, wow, you can't just run. You can't just like say this is it and run into retirement. There's actually people that care. But you walk through this journey and you're not really sure how many people really do care. Sometimes you can feel alone. Um, It's okay for it to be too much. But it really just brought me to a space of, no, you can't just run. Do what it is that you need to do and figure it out and do it the right way. And so I'm very thankful. Um, and I won't mention everybody by name, but you all know who you are. I'm very thankful. Uh, family, friends, um, 
I'm grateful. I am grateful for the time that I've had. Uh, to grow. So you heard what Draymond Green had to say. I think Draymond Green is one of the most ridiculous uh, people out there that has zero self-awareness. Draymond is talking like as if he went through some very, very horrific uh, 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 ordeal. He's acting like as if, oh my God, people are reaching out to me, trying to figure out. It's like, bro, you're acting like as if you're the victim. You're the one that has a history of kicking people in their privates. Uh, I don't know, body slamming, jumping on top of dudes, uh, stomping on their chest was uh, uh, some bonus. Uh, a kicking Stephen Adams in his private parts. The last one you just had with this guy throwing Rudy Gobert into a choco for no apparent reason, and dragging him across the for no reason whatsoever. You get suspended. You go through whatever the hell it is you went through. And then you talk about, oh man, it's too much for me. I'm, I was considering retiring from the NBA. It's too, what was too much for you? What's the thing that was too much for you? Being held accountable for once? That was too much for you? What about all... See, the reason I don't care about Draymond is because it's not about Draymond. It's about the people he has hurt. And how Draymond is trying to turn himself into some type of victim... When he was the one perpetrating all of those ridiculous, dirty plays and all of these players, uh, uh, to all of these players around the NBA, to me, it's unbelievable that he can sit up there and act like as if somebody did something to him. It's unreal to me. I have zero sympathy for Drip. Zero. Because he has a history of doing it. And most of the times when he does it, he is unapologetic about it. As a matter of fact, he is defiant when he does it. So why anybody would support this, I don't know. That chokehold move that he threw on Rudy Gobert, police officers cannot do that. Uh, if you did that to someone on the street, your ass would be arrested. Uh, but nevertheless, they were able to let Draymond Green get away with it because, well, it's Draymond Green. I don't feel any sympathy. Zero. Zilch. Zilch. Draymond is true. He's 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 a master at turning himself into a victim. He would, and the part that gets me is whenever Draymond does his dirty plays, he always acts like he doesn't know what's going on. There was a video that was pulled up on the internet that was circulating a few weeks ago, where Draymond Green and Ron Artest got into a scuffle. He was able to collect his faculties quite quickly. He, I didn't see him. I didn't see none of that. He looked at him. He was like, "Oh, all right, this ain't the one to be playing with. Let me just walk this off. Let me walk it off." So to me, man, I have zero sympathy for Draymond. I think he was talking a bunch of nonsense and he came back acting like as if he's a victim when in, the, when, when in reality, he's actually not a victim. He was the one going out there and pulling off Shirayukins and nut kicks. It was this dude. And we're talking about a person that had two incidents within a 30-day window. And you want me to believe that there's some type of, that he feels sorry about it? Oh, I'm going through things in life. Who is not? Like... Let me stop. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. As you guys know, this Cat Williams thing is the biggest thing in media now. It is, it is gone beyond comedy and all that. It's the number one trending topic 
uh, in entertainment right now on the internet. Everywhere you go, someone is talking about it. And if for those of you who have been on the channel, uh, you will know that towards the end of last year, I said that we want to be experimenting, talking about different things. We don't just we just don't want to be a sports channel. We want to stretch our legs and see if we can reach a wider audience. Hence, is one of the reasons that we're producing this show. Number one, number two, this is something that I know about. I follow comedy. I know who all these people are. I've watched their movies. I've watched their stand-ups. I'm sure a lot of you guys have. And I think that's the reason why so many people are gravitating uh, towards this particular story because most of you guys know fully well all of the all of the people uh, involved in it. As you guys know, Cat Williams went on Shannon Sharp's Club Shay Shay and totally ripped the internet into, into, into pieces. His first show, meaning the full clip, the full interview, as we currently speak, is sitting at 37 million views. I believe by the end of the week, that interview will be sitting at 40 million views, which is unheard of. It's absolutely unheard of and it's unprecedented, making it the second most viewed interview in the history of YouTube. Only behind Joe Rogan, who had Joe Rogan, who has the number one most viewed uh, interview in the history uh, of the internet. So it's a very big deal. If we look at the aggregate views in terms of the interview, including the clips and all of that, I think it's somewhere around 70 million views, probably. And we're not even talking about streams and all of that. It's absolutely unheard of. Unheard of. Shannon Sharp is definitely dominating the media space in terms of the independent space. And I don't even think it's up for discussion. Now, if you saw Cat Williams' conversation with Shannon Sharp, you will know that he went at a lot of comedians. And he was calling them out by name, which I personally believe made his comments much more poignant. He wasn't going around the corner, dancing around the bushes. He was he was calling people name by name. And who was one of the people he went after? Steve Harvey. Now, any of you who follow culture, you know who Steve Harvey is. He's been in comedy for decades now. You've seen him on television. You saw him on the Kings of Comedy. You see him hosting various game shows. You see him in movies. You've seen Steve Harvey everywhere. Mega successful worth, I believe, at least $150 million. A very, 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 very big uh, deal. But uh, while Cat Williams was talking, one of the people he took aim at uh, was Steve Harvey by basically saying, you know, Steve Harvey, Steve Harvey tried to replicate uh, his career, he his his story, his come up story is a story is essentially his story, and he tried to hijack his story and turn it into his. And a lot of us out here were waiting for all of these people that cat uh, that uh, Cat Williams called out for them to start to respond to him. One of the people that he called out, Kevin Hart, he made a response. A lot of people didn't think uh, it was funny, but various people have responded in various ways. But now uh, we're hearing Steve Harvey himself address. Uh, the comments that Cat Williams made on uh, what is it, on Club Shay Shay. So what we want to do is want to quickly play what Steve Har Steve Harvey had to say. It's about a twenty second clip, and then we're gonna come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to what Steve Harvey had to say here. Hold it, Tommy. Hold it, Tommy. <laughs> so you a comedian, you a radio host, uh oh, yeah. And now you got a game show. I'm finna go on Shannon Sharp show and accuse you of stealing my whole damn career. I thought you supposed to go on there and enlighten people. So you heard what Steve Harvey had to say. Then on top of that, if you go to his Twitter, he put up a post, and then it's a video of him speaking on one of his shows and the, he he the the quote that he wrote or what essentially what he wrote was you don't have to address your haters you can take a look at it right here but it didn't just stop there cat williams in the midst of his barrage of comments that he was making on club shay shay he also called out a pretty pretty big name in media and that person 
uh, was Joe Rogan. And Joe Rogan pretty much just caught a stray along the way as he was passing by. He was like, take this and have that, <laughs> carry that with you, uh, you know, to, to quote the great Richard Pryor. He was like, take this with you and then, <laughs> and then go with it. He actually went at um, Joe Rogan. And we actually want to read from a Sports Illustrated article from SI.com uh, some of the comments that Cat Williams made about him. And I also want to read the response that Joe Rogan put out there. So the article essentially says, um, Joe Rogan is trying to defuse any potential beef with fellow comedian Cat Williams. Uh, Cat certainly grabbed mainstream attention with his appearance on Club Shay Shay with Pro Football Hall of Famer Shannon Sharp. Uh, Williams stirred the pot by spilling the tea on a slew of famous comedians such as Steve Harvey, Cedric the Entertainer. Rogan was caught in the crossfire when Cat told Sharp that the UFC commentator won't allow him on the Joe Rogan experience. He then said, if you were, if you were a comedian that cussed, you were ridiculed by the mainstream comedy gist, uh, Williams said. That would have been like me being on Joe Rogan. Joe don't want me on there. I need to be on Shannon. Uh, Joe got six comedians that have never been funny. He want to push out. But that's really how it is. Well, apparently, Joe Rogan caught a whiff of what he had to say. And he put out uh, a public comment on Twitter. And he said the following. I love Cap. He's one of my favorite comics. And I'd love to have him on. We talk about him all the time. If he if he's down, I'll make it happen. So that's what uh, Joe Rogan had to say. Let me start with Joe Rogan and then work my way to Steve Harvey. If Cat Williams were to go on Joe Rogan's show, I think we could witness something similar to what we just witnessed right now. Obviously, Shannon Sharp has a different flavor. He has a different thing. But the fact of the matter is Joe Rogan is the number one podcaster in the world. His shows generate about 11 million downloads. I didn't say views. <laughs> Folks, I didn't say views. I said downloads uh, per show. And if you are into the podcast game, you know what an astronomical number that is for downloads to get 11 million downloads. So I think that if he went on the Joe Rogan show, it would be another scenario like this where he broke the Internet. I think it would be no holes bar and he would it would be something like we just witnessed right now. And, and it may actually end up being the biggest interview uh, on the Joe Rogan experience ever. The reason I'm saying that is because of the momentum that this particular interview has. Right. So if he went there, I think it would do huge numbers. And I think it's a great thing that Joe, Ro uh, that Joe Rogan invited him on the show uh, to, you know, to have the conversation. That's number one. Number two, it speaks to the impact of Shannon Sharpson. I mean, it's it's. We are witnessing a moment right now in media and entertainment. And Shannon Sharp and these guys are showing you where this thing can go when you really build something that's fantastic. Now, let's get, let's get to the Steve Harvey aspect. Steve Harvey was basically poking fun. I think Steve Harvey is sitting from the standpoint, uh, sitting back from the standpoint of this. He's like, listen, I made all my money. Uh, I'm not going to lose my shows because you made this comment. Uh, I'm still going to have a good time. I'm still going to be rich. I'm still going to go on about my life. And I think he's taking it in stride, right? If Steve Harvey tried to go back at Cat Williams, so to speak, I think it would kind of backfire on him. And I think the reason it would backfire on him is because of this. Cat Williams right now has all the has all the momentum. So if you're going to go back at him, you know, you're going to be going against the current. Right. Because a lot of people are pro Cat Williams right now and, and justifiably so because he went up there. He didn't twerk it up. He kept it real. And he said exactly what he thought. And to me, I think it serves as an example of what media should be. 
too often we got people going up on these shows, twerking it up all over the place, knocking over drinks, afraid to say what they really think, thinking about different interests, thinking about this person's relationship, that person's relationship. And Cat Williams is like, the hell with all of that. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. So today we got today we today we got some pretty interesting uh, content for you guys, and I want to get into some of the things uh, that Pat McAfee said. As you guys recently uh, may be aware of, Pat McAfee <laughs> just recently went on a little mini tirade on one of the key or the, the top top executives uh, at uh, ESPN. He was on the he was on his, the Pat McAfee show and on live air. He began to call out this executive because he feels like this particular person. Uh, is trying to sabotage his show, right? And he didn't mince words about it. And when he said it, it sent a jolt through throughout the entire system because we have never seen uh, a personality on ESPN call out one of the executives on air and then nothing happens. So for those of you who don't remember what he said, want to quickly play uh, what he had to say about this particular executive sabotaging his show uh, at ESPN. And we're going to come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to what he had to say here. We're very appreciative. And we understand that more people are watching this show than ever before. We're very thankful for the ESPN folks being very hospitable. Now, there are some people actively trying to sabotage us from within ESPN. Funny. More specifically, I believe Norby Williamson is the guy who is attempting to sabotage our program. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure. That is just seemingly the only human that has information and then somehow that information gets leaked and it's wrong. And then it sets a narrative of what our show is. And then are we just going to combat that from a rat every single time? I don't know. But like somebody tried to get ahead of our actual ratings release with wrong numbers 12 hours beforehand. That's a sabotage attempt. And it's been happening basically this entire season from some people who didn't necessarily love the old edition of the Pat McAfee show to the ESPN family. Sure. There's a lot of those. We've heard them anonymously quoted in the Washington Post, mm -hmm. in the New York Post, right. in the New York Times, right. in the LA Times, right. in Wall Street Journal. Right. And they're never like, yeah, love the show. This is awesome. It's always like little things to try to tear us down. So even with the enemy within our own camp, somebody that we don't, I don't like that guy. I, that guy left me in his office for 45 minutes, no-showed me in 2018. So this guy has had zero respect for me. And in return, same thing back to him for a long time. So even with that taking place and potential PR, like there's, we're still growing somehow. Yep. So we're very thankful. Yeah. I think we're doing it right. We're trying to do it as right as possible. Mm -hmm. We have good intentions every single time we come in here. We don't always get it right, but has been getting it wrong for a long time in this specific field. Long time. Every day, every single day. What do you mean? Like you said, you have the right intentions. Like we're trying to sit here and have fun and talk about sports. Bingo. So you heard what he had to say there. Now, after he said that, um, a lot of pros in sports media were beginning to kind of hypothesize on what was going to be the response from ESPN. Are they going to discipline him? Is it going to be the last time we see Pat McAfee on the? There were so many people saying uh, various different things, and then we got uh, what is it? A comment from ESPN, and ESPN essentially said that. And they said this yesterday. They said that they were planning to handle the situation uh, internally, right? That's all we heard. Then what happens? We fast forward to today. So I'm going through the internet and I come across an article from Front Office Sports 
Uh, and this particular article has the following headline. It says, tuned in. Pat McAfee is challenging, is channeling, excuse me, um, uh, Howard Stern on ESPN. And then I go through the article and then I see that Pat McAfee actually doubled down on his position about the ESPN executive that he commented on a number of days ago. So what we want to do is want to quickly play what he had to say in his recent comments. And then we're going to come back and react to what he had to say. Take a listen to what Pat McAfee had to say here. Championship. ESPN has set us up pretty good. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. They have. Now, there were some comments about one particular person at ESPN. <laughs> sure. You know, that I made only on the YouTube ESPN Plus show. That wasn't sure. even on linear TV. What no. was that? I didn't know anybody was going to hear it because it was just on digital. And no one, no one does digital. I guess digital. everybody did hear it. It was oh. a topic of discussion, obviously, the entire weekend. Sure. I, and the only thing that I'm, like, super bummed out about it all sure. is that a guy that we like a lot, a man that watched the game with us in the suite, Burke Magnus, yeah. who is currently new guy in charge at ESPN, right below Jimmy Pitaro. I guess he was kind of made to look bad because of what I did and how I did it. I would like to let everybody know we love Burke Magnus. Yep. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Love Burke Magnus. Love you, Burke. And also love Jimmy Pitaro. Yep. Mm -hmm. Love Bob Iger. What? But there is quite a transition era here, you know, between the old and the new. Mm -hmm. New, new, new. And the old don't like what the new be do. You know what I mean? <laughs> so there is certainly going to be a couple of that, but we're very thankful. A lot of people are saying I'm trying to get fired. No way. Whoa. What ESPN has been able to do for us, mm -hmm. more specifically, whenever they do things like this, you have no idea about the crew behind the scenes here that we've been working with basically all year. Not only on game right. day, but for our show, whenever we're traveling, we got nothing but love for all of these people. Now, there's certainly people we do not like. Certainly. Naturally. And they do not like us. That's how it's going to be. And I don't take back anything that I said about said person. But the overall storyline about us and ESPN, I think people need to remember, we're strong, baby. Bingo. Bingo. We are strong, baby. Yeah, and right. we all understand what the future looks like. There's just some old hags that potentially don't, but we sure. will move forward. So you heard uh, what he had to uh, to say. And in the article, uh, we're just basically saying how Pat McAfee is essentially turning into, um, you know, the Howard Stern on ESPN. To me, I think this is unprecedented. But I also think this is what happens when you have your own audience. You see, Pat McAfee actually had something to offer that came from outside the system at ESPN. He wasn't really beholden to any of these guys. These guys couldn't really bully him. It's not like as if Pat McAfee didn't have an audience, but they thought he would be good on television. He comes on ESPN. They're like, we're going to give you your show. And then he says this because then it can just pull the plug and then replace him. In the case of Pat McAfee, he already came there with an audience, a core audience, by the way. So he has something. And he has something that they want. Now, there have been various reports saying he's underperforming. Some people are saying he's just hitting his marks, but he's not really doing better than what they thought. Whatever the case may be, he had something that ESPN wanted. And to hear him talk the way he just spoke in that soundbite shows me that, they know, that he knows that as well. He also said that they have a perfect relationship, which shows me that ESPN is willing to do things differently, and they have to. They have to because there are only so many marquee names that they have on their roster. You just recently heard the report of Stephen A. Smith's contract coming up in about 18 months, which is about a year and a half. And a lot of people are speculating on whether or not ESPN is going to give them a bigger contract. Some people are saying yes. Some people are saying no. I think they will. We've been hearing that they want Stephen A. Smith is expected to ask for a number above 20 million per annum. And he believes that he should be the highest paid employee at ESPN. And he has a point. Number one, he has tenure. Number two. He has a show that's been number one for at least a decade at his slot. So I don't think that ESPN is, a, is in a position to just say, okay, you know, we're done with him. Because they have a lot of money committed to Pat McAfee in his show.
Now, what I think is also showing you is that it's showing the people that work at the network who can get away with certain things and who can't. Who can if you if you listen to the litany of names that they fired recently, Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson, Jalen Rose, uh, Max Kellerman, all of these guys were fantastic, great, we all loved them, but they didn't have what Pat McAfee had, which was his own audience. Their audience was created on ESPN, and it's one of the reasons since they've left, we haven't seen them yet. Not to say that they're not doing great things, I think most of them will. But if they had their own audience, similarly to what a Shannon Sharp has, maybe you see them doing their own show. To me, listen, I think that the game is changing. I think the sports media landscape is changing quickly. Um, I don't think any of this should surprise us in any way, shape, uh, or form. To me, though, it's just surprising that Pat McAfee is willing to call these people out. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. Uh, these LeBron James fans can't stand me, and I personally love it because I think they're fans of the channel. I think they play a vital role in pushing back on a lot of the stuff that we produce. So I appreciate the hey, y'all going to be here. They're going to be lurking. You publish the show within two to three minutes. They start twerking it up all over the comment section, knocking over people's drinks, leaving their comments, slapping each other with honey. So you can expect this. They know I'm just messing with them, but then they know I'm not. <laughs> but anyway, let me continue on. As you guys know, in the media over the last two weeks or so, people have been crying for Darvin Ham to lose his job. Laker fans are losing their minds. LeBron fans are like, we got another victim. People are running all over the place. And some of us are like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey, yo, hold up. Hold up. Weren't you dudes the same ones twerking it up all over the street, gyrating with beads, talking about, oh, LeBron, we just won the inter-season tournament. Y'all was popping bottles and all of that. And when all of that was happening, I didn't hear a mumbling word about, oh, we got to fire Darvin. I, I didn't hear nothing about it. And the question I was asking myself was, the Lakers looking good to me. Then what happens? The moment the in-season, I mean, the in-season tournament, whatever the hell that thing is, finished, the Lakers started to slide. And in typical fashion, they needed to quickly identify who the scapegoat was going to be. And the only person they were able to zero in quickly on was who? Darvin Ham. Oh, he can't coach. He can't do rotations. I'm like, when is the same coach that y'all just took y'all to the Western Conference Finals last year? Yeah, but that was last year. He forgot what he did. So it's a new year. So he we got he don't know coaching, right? People and bigger names, NBA players, Darvin Ham, Darvin Ham, get the bus, throw them in the dustbin, throw this one away, throw them in the trash can. Bah, 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 bah. This was the analysis. The basic analysis was the team sucks. And we need to throw away the coach. That was the that was the overarching analysis to simplify it for you because that's how simple people made it. And some of us were asking the question: Number one, what the hell is going on? And number two, if you guys want to fire him, who's responsible for hiring him? Well, it turns out that we're now finding out the reason why Darvin Ham may actually never end up may not end up going anywhere anytime soon. I was doing some research this morning. And I came across an article from FadeAwayWorld.net and it had the following headline. Lakers insider believe Darvin Ham is unlikely to be fired by the Lakers because of the support of Jeannie Buss. And I was like, hmm. 
So let me just get into this article. It says the following. Darvin Ham has been on the hot seat in L.A. for the last month, losing 10 out of 14 games since the team's in-season tournament win in December. Ham can rest a little bit easier after the Lakers' big win over the Clippers ending their four-game losing streak. But Lakers insider Sam Amick of The Athletic believes Ham's job would be safe even if the Lakers lost to the Clippers because Jeannie Buss still supports him. It's the informed opinion of this particular NBA scribe that he would not have been fired even if they had lost to the Clippers on Sunday. And that was before discussing the situation with Ham long after the game was over. But as he heard in a conversation with The Athletic, there's a significant factor in play here that should not be forgotten. While Ham has issues to resolve both in his locker room and elsewhere with Lakerland, he has continued support of owner genie bus and then the article goes on to say another thing so you heard what the article had to say here and i think this is a this is some critical information here critical critical information number one we know who to identify when we're play, when we're pointing i put up a post the other day talking about all oh, we hear about james dolan sell a team sell a team sell a team and some somebody some i don't even understand tried to try to uh, misinterpret what i was saying the point I was making is simply this. We talk about the total ineptitude that the, that the New York Knicks have been going through for decades, and it's real. It's 100% real, but the fact of the matter is simply this. Jeannie Buss took, the reign, took over the reins of the Lakers in 2013. 2013 and 2023 It's how many years? That's 10 years, right? What's happened in those 10 years? In 10 years, they've won one Bubblicious championship. They've missed the playoffs six times. One of those years, they didn't even make the play-in tournament. Kobe was there, and then LeBron and the rest of them were there. And also in that 10-year uh, th uh, span, they've also had three coaches. Luke Walton, Frank Vogel, and now Darvin Ham. So when we're looking at who brought in this coach and who did this and that, we got to look at the decision makers. When we're looking at the players, who brought in these players and all of that. We got to look at all of these different things. We need to start pointing fingers at the top level management. Now, what does this really mean to the average Laker fan running around pissed off? It means that uh, the Lakers would look like a total clown show by firing Darvin Ham a year and a half into the job after the consensus was or the message was the reason we're hiring him is because Frank Vogel, a former championship coach, might I add, couldn't get through to these players. At a certain point, we got to start asking the pertinent question, what role do the players play in all of this? And number two, are Laker fans managing their expectations properly? I think there's some Laker fans that are operating under the mindset of we need to win every day or every year. And that ain't reality. That is just not reality. You may feel the team should win every year. That don't mean it's going to happen. There are other teams in the NBA. Teams are getting better. The current reigning dynasty in the NBA is the Golden State Warriors. So it's not just about, oh, we need to make it happen. No. Are you drafting the right way? Are you building, uh, are you building from the grassroots up or not? Or are you just trying to make trades to win championships? A lot of the Lakers championships have come via trades and major moves. Well, other teams that are building from the grassroots are having more success. Look at the Clippers. Not to say that the Clippers are anything to write home about. They've never won anything, but they're still sticking to it. Now, some of us have pushed back on them in terms of them keeping it up. But look at the Golden State Warriors. Look at the, look at the San Antonio Spurs. These are teams that have had players for very... Look at the Chicago Bulls. Right? So you just can't expect this microwave success that, oh, it has to happen now. And if it doesn't happen now, fire... For who? Who are you going to go get? 
Some Laker fans are acting like as if they're just going to fire him and go grab a coach off of another. Ty Lue, come here. It don't work that way. So to me, um, now we know who's supporting uh, Darvin Ham. And I think the Laker fans just need to understand that it is what it is. Thank you for listening to today's show. And don't forget to let us know what you think about today's show on iTunes or any of your favorite podcasting platforms.